Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Zohar in 15. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. And whether you're listening live or archive, thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Well, here we are. It is June 30th, the end of week 26 of 2013. So in a nutshell, can you believe that this is the halfway mark of 2013? We're already there. Wow. Uh, what a year it's been. It's an exciting time here in Colorado Springs in my hometown. Uh, we've got the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb running here today, and they've started making their runs, and races are going on, and we're getting ready, and summer's here and on us, and it's a kind of a fresh and new deal. You stay up a little bit later. It's a little bit light, lighter later outside. You play a few more games, and it's interesting as you look at the seasons of the year, how much they match the seasons of our life. Um, how the summer representing the youthfulness, and there's spring and fall, and we could get into that. Maybe that's a whole other show. Today we'll be reading from Zohar, the Zohar, Volume 17, Portion Naso, Chapter 3, Verses 17, 19, and 20, and those are located on page 62 and 63 for those of you following along in Volume 17. I'm convinced that the older that I get and the longer that I live, and thanks to God for that, that we truly don't understand the importance of each of our actions, that we kind of forget um, that we're all working for the same thing, that we're all here for a certain amount of time, that we all uh, follow the same God. I don't mean that uh, disrespectful of other people's faith traditions, but for me. And we need to remember that we're here to do two main activities. As, As our time here, we're here for two main activities. Number one is we're here to create opportunities, and number two, we're here to create memories. Basically, live to, to leave a viable legacy, something that people would want to remember us for. There's a lot of people that have a legacy that are things that, when you say their name, it's instantly something bad, instantly something horrific. But for us, it's to leave a viable and vibrant legacy. To create opportunities means to be thinking of what's beneficial for others, to share our lives and our wisdom, our experiences, our resources, to share those things with other people so that it gives them the opportunity to move forward. I have found that I am at the most enjoyable part of my life or the most yeah, enjoyable part of my life, I think that's the best way to put that, when I am sharing with other people, when I'm helping somebody, maybe just something real simple like figure something out. Hey, do you think I should do this? Do you think this would be a good experience for me? And not necessarily having to do anything more than say, yeah, and sometimes that includes let's go do that together. And, of course, creating memories is when things go well and we look back and we say, man, that was a great time and I'd like to go see other great times. Our actions contribute to our lifestyle. 
Our actions are are the picture of, of who we are. People say, oh, I believe this, I believe in this, I vote this way, I do that. All those things may be true. But at the end of the day, none of those things particularly matter unless you're living it. And how you live by action is really what your lifestyle is all about. And how we live our lives affect the people around us, and they also affect us. And I know that sounds like, well, I mean, yeah, no kidding. I, I could have figured that out. It's important that we focus in on it. Because in the spiritual universe, and I use that generic term because you might be listening. You could be Jewish today. You could be of the Muslim faith. You could be Christian. And then you could be many different types of breakdowns of Christians. You could be a literist. You could be a biblicist. You could be a mythicist. You could be a mystic. Anyway, the spiritual universe, however you see that, I want you to picture as you're looking into the spiritual universe, whatever that may look like for you, picture that as a big mirror. And what do you see when you look into a mirror? You see the expression of whatever's looking in the mirror. That's what's reflecting back from the mirror. A lot of people say, I don't like my life right now. I don't like my uh, where I am spiritually. I don't like these things. If you don't like what you see in the mirror, then you need to change the expression that you're putting into the mirror. It's kind of a, a neat thing in that our lives sometimes are controlled by things that are out of our control, and that's where that's where we really start to work hard in our faith areas. But a lot of things that happen in our life are things that are perfectly within our control, and we could be doing something about it, and we choose not to. So consider, when you read your scriptures, consider your scriptures as kind of a reflection of if I do this thing forward, what will reflect back? I want you to listen to the Beatitudes. Probably a portion of scripture that's well known uh, as a very popular teaching of Jesus. And I want you to look, listen to the here's what's reflecting in statement and here's what reflects back. We'll start with verse number three. We'll just read them real quickly. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those that have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Now, I want you to think about those statements and think about that mirror uh, analogy that I just gave you just a minute ago. So in that spiritual mirror that we're talking about, as, as Jesus is saying, blessed are the people who do this. And you say, well, why would they? Because this is what will come back from that experience. Now, I'm going to read for me verse 17 from the Zohar. Happy is the person who merits the Torah to follow and adhere to his ways. When a person follows the ways of Torah, he draws upon himself a holy supernal spirit, as it says, until a spirit be poured out upon us from on high. Isaiah 32:15. When a person diverts his ways from the Torah, he draws upon himself a spirit from the other side, which is the unclean spirit, or unclean side. That defiled side awakens from the side of the whole of the great abyss, wherein lie the wicked spirits that harm people and are called the world's destroyers that originate in Cain. Now, some of that we won't have time to get all into. People say, why do you read the Zohar? Why do we study the Zohar? It's not because I think that the Zohar is more powerful than scriptures. But I do think that there's some things that are being said from here. They have a really interesting perspective on how they see good and evil, light and darkness. Very drawn out understanding about it. I think it's something that can help enhance our position, our perspective on our faith. So 
So a couple of things I want you to notice. And by the way, if you're a Christian, you say, well, I don't study the Torah. Well, you kind of do. It's the first five books of the Bible, but I get your point. Just think of scriptures. Happy is the person who, mer- who follows or merits the scriptures. Number one is he says here is happy is the person who merits the Torah. And, and that word merit means to actually get its wisdom, to actually bring it on board. Uh, there's a lot of people who who can read and know more about the scriptures than I'll ever know in my entire lifetime. But that doesn't necessarily mean that those people are applying it, that they're actually putting it to, to good use, that they're actually making it part of it, that they actually merit it. And I want you to notice that, number, so number one, merit is to actually get it, to actually get the wisdom to take it on board and to be able to live by it. Number two is scripture is best used when it's not, not when it's preached to somebody, but when it's lived by people. There's a saying that my boss uses a lot. I don't know where he picked it up at, but he uses it a lot. He loves it. And it's that people would rather see a sermon than hear one. And I believe we're really there. Now, in order to merit the scriptures, to really take them on board, the best way to do that is to, and, and it says him that merits and follows it, to follow it means to walk within its boundaries, to walk within their boundaries. I do not believe that God, in his infinite wisdom, sends Jesus here to the world to free us from a set of bad boundaries. I believe the boundaries were correct. I think Jesus gave us another interpretation of those boundaries, another understanding of them. But to walk within the boundaries is not a burden. It's not a limit to our faith. It's actually unlimited faith. It's actually unlimited fulfillment. It's actually unlimited desire because the boundaries are simply God saying, look, I've been watching this thing play out for thousands of years. Before I created it, I knew what direction it was going to go. And in that, I can tell you there's some things that will work for you, and I'm going to tell you there's some things that will not work for you. I will Things that will bring you pleasure and fulfillment and a life worth living. They'll bring you things that are going to bring you unhappiness, uncertainty, fear, and death, and here's what they are. Now, he says to merit the Torah, to follow it, and to adhere it. I had to look that up to see what the rabbis and sages were talking about. And it was kind of comical almost when I got it, because I thought it was going to be some really super deep spiritual meaning. You know, the lights would come on, there would be omni-glowing in the background. It didn't really happen. To adhere means to make it stick. To make it stick. Something as simple as the understanding of, okay, you read it, you understand it, you merit it because you're taking it on board, you're going to go live this, now don't change your mind tomorrow. Don't stop doing what's making you successful. This is working. It's amazing how often we find something that works, and then we turn and go away from it, and we stop doing it. And then we ask ourselves that question. What about we stopped doing this? It was working, right? Yeah, it was working great. Why did we stop doing it? I don't know why I stopped doing it. What we want to be careful of is what I call roar and snore faith. We want to be careful of what I call roar and snore faith. We, when we espouse a roar and snore faith, that's when we make a lot of noise about something. I mean, just like, this isn't going to happen, and we're not going to let that go on, and we're, that, I can't believe they did this. And there's a lot of things happening right now in, in our country where some things are getting overturned, and there's some people really rattled about it, and, and there's some people that are just roaring about, it. we're going to do this. But what happens with roar and snore faith is that you get all this noise, and then they kind of go off in the corner, and they, they commiserate in their misery together. And they talk about how unhappy they are, and they talk about how crooked everything is, and how bad the system is, and how God is going to come down and melt their faces off. And then the rhetoric calms down and calms down. And then next thing you know, they just kind of, like a cat, they're just kind of in the corner licking their paws and cleaning up because, you know, they were busy for 15 minutes. 
And then they go in their litter box and they make make a poo, and then they go back in the corner again. And then later on in the day they'll come back out. That's that roar and snore faith. The the Zohar is saying don't have a roar and snore faith. Make a stick. And it's interesting to talk about the spirit now. A lot of people believe uh, that I've talked to believe that the idea of a Holy Spirit is kind of this New Testament idea. And I will tell you that a lot of narrative about the, the Holy Spirit is written in the New Testament. So we don't want to deny the fact that it's present. But we also, at the same time, don't want to deny the fact that it was present in the Old Testament documents as well. And he talks about here in the Zohar about bringing the Spirit, drawing it upon ourselves. This statement means that we pull it down, draw, draw it upon, we pull it down from a higher source. And we connect with something or some kind of information that we didn't know before, some kind of location we didn't know before, so draw it upon ourselves. And that's what this means. I, I do appreciate the fact that as New Testament Christians, we have an understanding of the Holy Spirit being this onboard diagnostic system that's with us all the time, and Jesus gave us specific instructions that instructs us in righteousness, convicts us of sin. We kind of understand how all that works, and we appreciate that. Or I appreciate that. We also need to be cautious that we don't understand that there's more than that available, that also we have to work for that in our lives. It just doesn't sit there and stay regardless of our actions, regardless of the way that we live. Now, what's the purpose of this Holy Spirit coming in here, as it mentioned in this verse in Isaiah 32, 15, is to bring us knowledge, to bring us understanding, and to bring us wisdom from God, from these upper realms. This connects us with the Holy Spirit. That's our conduit where we stay connected with God. What's interesting is we hear people all the time praying about, oh, I want more patience. I want more wisdom. I want more understanding. I want more knowledge of scriptures. And I would think that one of my questions would be, again, not trying to be God, but one of my questions would simply be, what do you need it for? What are you going to do with it? Because if you just want to have and just so you can just gain all this stuff, I don't think you're getting a lot of cooperation from the heavenly realms. If you're talking about sharing it with other people so we can do those two things we talked about, which is creating memories and opportunities, I think it's there. But what I want us to pay attention to in our closing couple of minutes is that by meriting Scripture, by following its boundaries, by making it stick, by not being a roar and snore Christian, we draw it upon ourselves, we pull it down from high, we're staying connected through the Holy Spirit. What is this recharge strategy that I hear about all the time? Oh, I go to church to get my batteries recharged. I go here. Oh, that was a great thing because I understand the excitement of learning, of hearing something new, of being around uh, fellow believers. I get that excitement, but that's not quite the tone, the tonality that I hear with this. What I hear being said is it's a good thing I drug myself in here so I could get recharged again. Well, the question is how did you get run down? Each of us are responsible for our growth and our connection. This is not a group thing. And quit blaming your group for your being unfulfilled. When you divert or turn away from the scriptures, the inverse is going to happen. You are going to get drained. You are going to be away from your power source. You are going to be away from the things that allow you to stay connected, that allow you to stay charged up and fully functional. For Fournier, the instructor here at Restoring Grace, thank you so much for joining me here on the Zohar in 15.